Hey, before we get started, I wanted to say thanks to a few supporters of the show. First, Owens Recovery Science, a single source for PTs looking for certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the equipment you need to apply it properly in your clinical practice. Find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com. And Fusion Medical Staffing, leaders in travel physical therapy. Let your PT or PTA license take you where you want to go. With full job transparency, see what's available in your future. Online at FusionMedStaff.com. That is FusionMedStaff.com. Go there now. FusionMedStaff.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, I apologize if you're watching the live stream for the just immense amount of wood paneling. Uh, announced on the show a few weeks ago, I bought a new house, and this this is what the basement looks like. But I'm slowly converting uh, the wood paneling into a full-on podcast studio. Uh, but wood paneling and announcing that I bought a house is not the reason I wanted to go live with you today. I wanted to share something that we learned from, well, for me, I believe the uh, the fifth time I've read a particular book as Anthony says hi that he's watching live. Uh, the book is called Never Split the Difference, Negotiating Life Your Like Your Life Depends on It. Um, and we just read it with the PT Pinecast book club. It was like my fifth reading through. It's one of those books that I've actually got post-it notes uh, on the pages, things underlined. I don't do that with a lot of books, but I did with this one. And I wanted to share with you just three things that really stuck with me. And each time I read it, I feel like I got a little deeper in those three things. So here's three things I learned from Chris Voss, who's the author of Never Split the Difference, Negotiate Like Your Life Depends on It. First of all, the author's story, crazy. Chris Voss, a former FBI hostage negotiator, in his words, dealing with the bad, the mad, and the sad on a regular basis. Every time this guy goes to work, he's dealing with, as he said, the bad, the mad, and the sad. And here's what you can take away from Chris, who lived in intense, high-energy situations, and you can take it to your clinic tomorrow. You could take it to your relationship with your spouse or your family or friend, or you could take it to a relationship with a stranger. So here's where we go. Number one, every conversation is a negotiation. Treat it as such. Here's what I took away from that. Well, of course, Chris Voss who was a hostage negotiator is going to say, Hey man, every situation, every conversation is a negotiation. If he goes deeper, he explains. And here's what he means. Most of the time, think about this. Your conversations are negotiations about information. We go in, we go even deeper. And that doesn't matter if you're talking to your boss, your spouse, a stranger. If you're having a conversation, you are negotiating. You're either trying to extract information or someone's trying to extract information from you. You're trying to give or get information. Like, what's for dinner? Can I have that PTO request approved? What was the score of that game last night? How was the weather? Now, your conversation, this negotiation, maybe it's not about information 100% of the time, and Voss agrees, but it is about something else, either information or attention, and that's something I talk about a lot on this show. So even if you're just talking about that weather example I just gave you, telling someone a joke, you're negotiating for their attention. You are vying for their attention. And in both scenarios, they have something you want and you have something to give, you have to give something to get it or vice versa. So my key takeaway number one, every conversation 
is a negotiation for information or attention. Every single one. Give me an example right now in the comments if you can think of a conversation that does not negotiate for attention or information. I'll wait. That's number one. Every conversation is a negotiation. All right, great. So we've set the stage. There's the macro. Number two, here's what I took away from Chris Voss. High, intense emotions running high in Chris Voss's world. And Chris Voss says this, open your mouth and listen with empathy. Hang on a second. Open your mouth and listen. He explains. All right. So now that you know your conversation is a good negotiation for information or attention, what do you do about it? How can you use it to improve relationships? You want to build a bridge with what Voss coined tactical empathy, a very interesting phrase. You did not think that you were going to combine tactical and empathy in a phrase. We'll get to digging into tactical empathy in a second. But here's what we know. Here's what we know. We know this. People want to feel like they're understood and accepted, right? I think we can agree on that. People want to feel understood and accepted. Deeper than that, if you want to go to your primal urges as a human, you want to feel safe and secure and in control. Feels like that guy Maslow and his hierarchy of needs creep up again, right? Yeah, Psych 101 coming up again. But so now you understand that you're having a conversation with someone and you know their primal urges are to feel these things, understood, accepted, safe, secure, and in control. Old school thinking as a hostage negotiator or a negotiator or anybody, right? Old school thinking was to go in with any situation and take control, go in there, guns blazing, talking a mile a minute, tell them what to do and how to feel. We know that isn't going to work. You've been in those situations. You've been on the receiving end of those situations, and that is not the way to do it. None of it. Literally the opposite of that. So here's the important takeaway number two. We want you to listen while demonstrating tactical empathy. I said open your mouth and listen with tactical empathy. There's that phrase again, so let's dig into it. Listening with tactical empathy. Let's break it down. Listening. Chris says you need to start by listening intensely. This is that active listening. Listening feels like it should be or is passive. Well, it is when you're not when you're on the couch and your wife is telling you to take out the trash. You're listening. You hear her. None of it's going in. And you're not doing anything about it. So Voss says eye contact if you're in person. A lot of the times Voss wasn't in person. He was on the phone negotiating. But even if you're on the phone, like you can tell when someone's listening or not, right? You hear distractions, right? Eliminate those. We want to make sure that person understands we we think they're important. We understand what their primal urges are. Understood, accepted, safe, secure, and in control. So we say, listen intensely. Eye contact your fear in person. No distractions. Mirroring them. You've seen this happen, right? You're talking to someone, and they're giving you some body language. So he says, mirror them in gestures, body language, tone, pacing. And here's where he goes a little deeper. Repeating the last two or three words in a, in a, in a phrase someone just gave you. Or a key phrase that they just used, and this is to back them, to, to communicate to them verbally, but really it's deeper than that, that you see them, hear them, understand that they are accepted, safe, secure, and in control. Even in a hostage situation, Voss was doing this with success. So you need to be employing this in your everyday communication, home, work, friends, strangers on the street. 
So how do we do this? Well, it shows that they're being heard. You just repeat it back what they said. And if they're talking and you're listening, well, that means they're in control. They are guiding the conversation. Check and check. We got two of their needs met already. And all we did was listen. Now on to that second part, tactical empathy. What's the empathy part? Remember that empathy versus sympathy, right? Sympathy involves understanding from your own perspective, but we're not doing tactical sympathy. We're doing tactical empathy. We want them to feel understood, accepted, safe, and secured in control. And if you're telling them a story about you, they're not in control. They're just listening to your story and they're not in your story. So they are not interested. So we bring in empathy. And remember, sympathy versus empathy. Empathy is putting yourself in their shoes and understanding why they have these feelings, emotions, and responses. Whether that person has hostages, uh, is in a bank vault, or the person is in pain sitting in front of you and doesn't want to be in pain. Now you're seeing the parallels. So we've got tactical empathy, active, precise, and empathy, understanding and feelings. Ooh, I kind of like that juxtaposition of this um, emotion but with purpose, tactical empathy. So here's the checklist. Um, imagine yourself in their shoes, recognize that their perspective and tell them that you recognize it. Don't say, I understand because I feel, I know how you feel. No, 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 no. Say it out loud verbally to them. You're trying to understand their feelings and what is fueling them. So how do you tell them that you recognize it without having to say and default to, I totally understand what you mean. I felt the same way. I have those feelings. Don't do that. That takes the control away from them. I want you, and Voss wants you, to use this. It's a technique he says you should be using 25% of the time. Label those feelings with a safe phrase. It doesn't fully commit you to something. Start with it seems like, it sounds like, it looks like. Those are things that psychologists use, right? Those are things that therapists use. They're safe because it's not full commit. So it seems like, it sounds like, it looks like, it feels like. After that, bring listening, bring that listening tool back in to let them to, to, to let them let you know either yes or no, you're on the right path. It feels like, it seems like, and then wait for a response, and they could go yes. You ask them a question, they answered, they're still in control. Check. Now you're on the right path for understanding them. Voss suggests repeat that process often. He suggests about 25% of the time when you're speaking, you should be labeling what you're hearing. It's a summation. You just told me a bunch of stuff about how you're feeling and what you're experiencing. I'm going to come back in. I'm going to say something, but I'm not going to take control. I'm going to mirror it back to you. I'm going to label it. It feels like it seems like it looks like, but it's not a full commit, right? Because they could say, no, no, you're wrong. Listen, I didn't say that's how it was. I was asking. It seems like, feels like, sounds like. It seems like what a physical therapist does when they have a good rapport. So that's number two, right? Number two is he wants you to open your mouth and listen with empathy. Now let's put it all together. The third thing I learned from Chris Voss, former FBI hostage negotiator, in what you need to do in your daily life to improve communication. Because we're talking about information or attention. Put it all together. Oh, he wants you to negotiate a great plan together because they're still in control. Negotiate a great plan for a mutually desirable outcome. All right. So keep in mind, we have three things going on at any point in negotiation. Here's what they are. At any point in a negotiation or a conversation, you have where they are, present state. You have where they want to be, 
goal state. And then in the middle, you have the things that are preventing them from getting there. Yeah. You can put that in a hostage negotiation, a bank robber, where they are. They're on the phone with a hostage negotiator and the building surrounded. And they are they want to be outside and safe. And they have no idea how to get there. Uh, you have a patient with chronic knee pain who can't go down a flight of stairs but wants to run a marathon. And there's that barrier in between. It sounds exactly like what a physical therapist, a physical therapist assistant, most people in healthcare are dealing with those humans, where they are, where they want to be, things in the middle. Okay, so it starts with goals. So Voss suggests he wants you to summarize everything as a story using those labels often, right? Said he was good. He wanted you to use those often. Summarize it as a, a story. It seems like this is really important to you. And that's not an indictment. That's a, that's a question. They're still in control. It seems like you really value this. It seems like you don't like this, the opposite. And it feels like blank is preventing you from improving. These are guiding statements but they are open-ended and it does not seize control from the person you're communicating with at any time. They can say no, and you haven't fully committed. You have not hit a barrier. So these are calibrated questions that come in next. He wants you to reset. If you ever feel stuck, calibrated question is great. It's like, what are we trying to accomplish here? I like to think of the calibrated questions as like macro questions. It seems like these labelings, it seems like blank is important. It seems like you value blank. It seems like you don't like blank. Those are very specific. Those are micro. If you ever get stuck, here's how you negotiate out of that calibrated questions. What are we trying to accomplish here? It brings people back to the plan. It gives them control again. What's the core issue here? What's the biggest barrier? What are we up against here with this? What do you think is preventing us from getting to success? What we both want? What's the biggest challenge you think you face in getting to success? Those are calibrated questions. So that is how you negotiate together needs to be together. How many times you work with a patient? How many times you work with a family member on something, planning a party, anything, and it feels like the other person is just taking control and you don't have any of that. You're not seen, you're not heard, you're not understood. They're not understanding you and you're out. We run into this in our own daily lives. Labeling, using calibrated questions, understanding that at any moment in the negotiation you have where they are, where they want to be, and the things preventing them from getting there. Understanding that and how to get in around, around it to put a plan together that will be mutually beneficial. That sounds like a plan someone is willing to buy in on, even someone who has hostages. It works there in high-pressure pressure situations. Now, someone living in chronic pain or wanting to do something in camp, still a high-pressure situation for that person, it is. Treated as such. All right, in close, let me ask you this. It's a great way to close a negotiation, right? Okay, let me ask you this. And Chris actually likes to get a negative, right? He actually says, would you be against trying blank and blank three times a week? A lot of times, Chris mentions, we old school thinking was get people to say yes, 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 over and over. Lead them with yeses. Yeses are contagious. We've actually found it's not true. Asking them if they're against something lets them do that safe no answer. We feel safer when we get to say no, not just following someone's suggestions along aimlessly with yeses. So he flips it. All right, let me ask you this. After everything we just heard there, would you be against going for a walk for 15 minutes three times a week if that would improve your knee pain going downstairs? Would you be against that at all? It gives them an out. It shows that you understood where they are, where they want to be. 
and you're inserting something in there, a possible plan, safe to say you haven't committed, you haven't said this is the only way, a way to get to what they want. If you did that, do you think that would help you with your goal? Do you think that would get you there? If you did that, because again, I can't walk three times a week for 15 minutes to help you. If you think you did that, would that help you achieve your goal? Bringing them into the conversation, bring them in that negotiation. Is there anything preventing you from doing these steps? It's almost like you're making a contract verbally with this patient. But really, I think if you get in deep to it, what you want them to be doing, and the only, only way really to get great behavior change is they have to agree that this is something that they need, need to and want to incorporate in their lives. So the parallels of Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference, fantastic book, between negotiating in a hostage situation and talking with a patient, I wanted to bring it to this audience because we deal with people all the time, people uh, in, your, in your professional lives. Um, the parallels are just gigantic, but it also works with your spouse, your friends, your family, people on the street. So, uh, if you enjoyed this breakdown, if you got something from it, uh, drop a like, drop a comment below. Uh, I read books all the time and I take notes and kind of scribble things in the margin. I would share these with you. Well, Carl needs like half pint episodes. So if you enjoyed this, drop us a DM or drop us a comment online and maybe we'll do more of this if you got value. Thanks for coming to the show. Follow us online. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PT Pinecast. The show today is brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at BuildPT.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.